The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. It seems like a long time ago now, but in the morning, (laughs) I suggested um, this theme of um, just as it is, of letting awareness, letting this heart, this mind, touch our experience, hold our experience just as it is that we don't need to add anything, we don't need to fix anything. Um, And how, in a way, it's like this is both the simplest practice because, you know, you don't have to do anything. (laughs) Um, But it's also, in a way, it's also, in a way, the most challenging practice. Um... It's just so, um, it just, I think in a way it runs so counter to our conditioning. Um, and, and this idea of that the freedom that this practice offers is a freedom of being in harmony with how things are. A freedom of being in harmony with, with life as it is. And then I said that the Buddhist tradition, the, the, the Dharma teachings, um, have a lot to say about this idea of life as it is. And um, these gates of ways of entering into, into how things are, in the ways of entering into truth. And so we talked this morning about um, the gate of suffering. You know, it's really the gate that most of us come to practice in some way because we feel um, something is missing. And, um, and to enter into the, through the, to pass through the gate of suffering is to, to be willing to stop for our suffering, to be willing to really um, meet it with, with respect, with care, um, and to let it teach us, let it teach us um, uh, what it is to be human, what it is to take all of life whole, um, not just the, you know, the parts we, the parts we like. I remember one time I was at a temple, Zen, Zen temple, and they were they served dinner, and it was a salad. And then the teacher got very angry because he said people had just picked out all the avocados <laughs> and left all the, you know, I don't know what, spinach or something. Uh, so it was like a big bowl of greens, but no goody, you know, none of the kind of expensive stuff. And, and, he, and his point was that um, we need to eat the whole salad. We need to eat all of the, you know, it all works together. It all goes together. If we think we can pick and choose, um, 
You know, if we think we can have um, love without loss, you know, if we think we can have the, the delicious intimacy of any good relationship without suffering, you know, when, when that ends in one way or another, then we're missing something important in life. So, so this is the gate of suffering. And, and what I suggested is a practice for entering this gate is a practice of deep acceptance, deep surrender um, to how life is. And, you know, um, I remember, you know, and so suffering is one of you know, the first noble truth, right? And, and, the, and for those of you who know this teaching, this, there's four noble truths. So there's this truth of suffering, the cause of suffering, the end of suffering, and then the path leads to the end of suffering. So one time in a kind of public question and answer, I asked my teacher, I said, is there an end of suffering? And he looked at me and he said, no. (laughs) And then I asked again, is there an end of suffering? And he looked at me and he said, yes. (laughs) You know, um, so I, I don't know necessarily the right way of interpreting that, but my understanding is that um, yes, there's some suffering that's optional, and we can kind of you know we know that, and we know that if we add on extra reactivity, extra pain, um, that can make our our suffering worse, and we know we we know that that's optional. But my understanding from his first answer is that there is some suffering that's sort of ba- baked into life, that's, that's sort of part of being a human being. And it's not so much about getting, it's not so much that that suffering disappears out of our life, but maybe it's that it disappears, it disappears into our life. That we, when when we stop resisting it, it's like part of, it's part of the way things are. It's, we kind of understand this is part of the contour of any human life. So, so that's the gate of suffering. And um, during the meditation, I alluded to the second gate, this, um, the gate of impermanence. Um, I think often impermanence and suffering are, are very connected. Things are changing moment by moment. And if we struggle with that, if we try, if we try to control what's not controllable, we're going to suffer. Uh, but when we're able to, to um, in some way, relax into the flow of experience begin to sense into the dimension of experience that is changing moment by moment. You know, we start to notice that these thoughts and feelings that seem so heavy or so serious or so important, you know, where is it? It's gone, you know. It's here and then it's gone and it's here and it's gone and it changes. And the same thing with the body. It's like, you know, 
is there such a thing called the breath? Or is that just a pointer for some kind of constellation of sensations and vibrations? And, you know, we can say my knee hurts or the knee hurts or something. But in the direct experience of it, there's just, there's just changing flow of sensations. And so this is, this is a way of kind of deeply entering our felt experience, our lived experience um, in, in, a, in a direct way that's not so much mediated by concepts because concepts don't change, right? You know, um, a concept is like an abstract thing. It doesn't change. There's this famous teaching that Joseph Goldstein used to say, is like, the, which was a big insight for him that he had in India. It was something like, your thoughts about your mother are not your mother. <laughs> you know, and for him, that was just, that was, that was a big awakening. <laughs> thoughts about your mother are not your mother. Our thoughts about other people, um, often they don't change, right? We have this idea, this fixed view, this we see someone, that's how they are, how they're always been. And, and, um, and, and so when we're only in the world of concepts, my problems never change, right? Because they're, you know, that's just, a, they're fixed. But so to, so to be willing to directly experience is such a gift to ourselves and others because it, it allows the possibility of growth and change. And it's like, oh, wow, I didn't know this person is, you know, has, has changed a lot or I've changed a lot. Or, um, so, so to enter into the gate of impermanence is to... Um, allow this flow of life to, to wash over us, to rest in it without struggling with it, without trying to control it. And I would su- suggest that just in the way that the practice of acceptance or surrender is the practice for suffering, uh, maybe we could say one, one practice, there's many ways, but one practice is the practice of stillness of holding still, of being still, of, you know, even when we don't feel like it, we don't just, what is it? And this is why sitting practice is so good. It's like, just to hold this posture, it's like this stable container. Inviting stillness is actually, in a way, what helps us to perceive what's not still, what's, helps us to perceive what's moving and what's changing. If we're moving around a lot and our mind is moving around a lot, you know, this is a subtle thing. And, we, you know, it's when I know my mind. When I'm caught up in something or thinking about something or agitating or worried, um, I'm missing a lot. There's a lot I don't pick up on. You know, if in a conversation I'm really just thinking about what I want to say and, you know... Um, I'm missing a whole lot about what this other person is about and what they're sharing. So this invitation to stillness as a practice for um, really being able to enter into the world of change. 
um, the more, I mean, this is something you can, you can see in your own experience, but the more still the mind is, the more still the body and mind is, the more refined our perception of impermanence is, the more we can see the way things are changing. You know, on one level, we know kind of intellectually or cognitively, yeah, yeah, everything changes, you know. Today's Saturday, tomorrow's going to be Sunday, next year's going to be whatever, 2020. And, um, but what is it to be still and present and available to perceive, you know, the beginning of a thought and then to perceive the end of that thought and how that thought just disappears into the silence, into the stillness. You know, to be, to, to listen for the sounds of the, the birds or the cars and to listen to it all the way to the end, that that sound changes and ends. Something else arises. Um, so it's an invitation to kind of get closer to our experience. And the, the idea is the closer we get, the more we will perceive um, change, the more, the, more, um, the more we'll notice about the nature of, of, of change and inconstancy of experience. And then, you know, so I was saying that, so you have this, gate, you have this practice, and then you have this outcome or this result. And so for suffering, uh, maybe one of the outcomes of this deep acceptance is this kind of ease, sense of ease, sense of peace. Um, And what I would uh, suggest for impermanence, the more we can hold still and open to the truth of change, maybe a little bit paradoxically or counterintuitively, what I've discovered is that this brings joy. This can bring a great joy to being able to um, open to the wonder of the flow of experience, the wonder of each moment, that we're, we're not so preoccupied about, you know, my problems, my suffering, my this, my that, and we're able to actually get closer to this kind of things as they are. And, and when, when the struggle is sort of softened, the struggle is put down, it makes space for a tremendous amount of joy. Um, you know, we say if, if it were just that life is suffering, then, you know, and then we die. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a bummer. <laughs> and... So the fact that there's joy, the fact that the gate of, um, to pass through the gate of suffering and change leads to joy, leads to a deep kind of joy that isn't dependent on things going one way or the other way. It's this joy of being alive, this joy of um, being aligned with nature. To be, we're not, 
we're not fighting anymore. We're, we don't realize how much we're struggling, how much we're fighting. And we, even just for a moment, we relax that struggle. There's joy. Joy is there. Um, so, and, and, and the simple practice for, for this is just to um, begin to notice change. Notice, notice the way things uh, appear and disappear, rise and pass away. And it's, it's, it's almost like once we start seeing this, there's nothing we can see, there's nothing we can experience that is not this. You know, all there is is change. All we are is change. So it's not far away. Um, it's not, it doesn't take a special kind of spiritual adept to see this. It's like it's hidden in plain sight, you know, if we remember, if we remember to look. Um, so the gate of, the gate of, of suffering, the gate of, of impermanence, of change. And then, and then, so tonight we'll, so we'll have our meal now, and I'll talk about that in a minute. And then tonight, for the final talk, we'll talk about this gate of uh, not self. Or sometimes I like to talk about the gate of selflessness. And what, is, what does that mean? Um, and uh, yeah, but thank you for being here and practicing together. And it feels to me very peaceful and settled and quiet and. Uh, sweet. So thank you very much.